With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast on this episode. We're recapping the Utah ASU game, and we'll talk to Trace Travelers from CalRivals.com to get an inside look into the Cal Golden Bears. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, you Nation. And Scott. Yeah, buddy. What's up? So Utah gets the win 21-3 to over the dirty, cheap shot... Pieces of crap, sun devils of Arizona State. I don't even care. I'm not going to hold it back. Satan himself was there Saturday. How many adjectives can you throw into that, Cameron? Good golly. That was by far the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And and this is with two days to calm down since the heat of the battle. My voice still hasn't recovered from all the booing I did. How was was your Milli Vanilli experience yesterday? (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so definitely penalties were, you know, a, a key factor in that game. ASU gets flagged 12 times for 122 yards. And they only had 133 offensive <laughs> yards. And and we declined two penalties. <laughs> a holding and uh, what was what was the last one that we uh, we declined? Anyways, we declined two penalties. Otherwise, they would have exceeded what their offensive production. Herm can apologize all he wants. I don't care. It was just a complete dirty team. Well, it, it was just, I mean, it was almost like you couldn't believe what you were watching. There in the second quarter, we lose Huntley. Then literally like a play later, Moss nearly has his head taken off. They're taking cheap shots at Enos on a flipping kickoff. And I've, I mean, I just was thinking like, our season is done. <laughs> It was almost like their intent. It was like they knew, it, it felt like they knew they couldn't beat us playing straight up football, so they were going to do everything they could to t- eliminate the players that could beat them. Well, and, and But to go after Enos, that has to be a shot that he's an Arizona guy and he's playing for Utah, and obviously there's some bad blood there because he didn't pick ASU. I don't know. Well, and there's a lot on Twitter that really broke that down that on that touchdown run by Dixon – Solomon's blocking on the edge, and he blocks the edge, and he's celebrating right there with his teammate, and supposedly the defensive coordinator was right there flipping out, wanting a penalty, I don't know if uh, on, a, on a hold on that edge or excessive celebration, but people on Twitter kind of, I guess, were breaking that down, and then, you know, there's even more chatter on Twitter that ASU changed personnel on that kickoff. They did. They, they changed personnel. They changed their formation. So, I mean, call for what it is. I mean, how, how is it not a bounty that they put on guys? I mean, obviously, they're going to deny it. Their fans are being ridiculous on social media right now, claiming innocence across the board on everything. And saying that Utah's the dirty team. I, it was... Has Rice Eccles ever been that angry before? Oh my gosh. When when Ma, I mean, Obviously, I think a lot of that was because it was Moss, but the 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 hit when you go back and watch that it, it was so intentional well he, not only does he lower his head but but again in in a normal football play we we've seen that right that happens all the time <laughs> we saw it plenty of times with Marquise Blair over the years but the thing that is that sets it apart is he launches mm-hmm. he totally dives right in he that's not a football play that's not a tackle that's i mean he knew what he was he doing. He knew what he's doing. And you know what? If number four didn't get him, you look at that play, number eight was going to do it. Well, they were both lining up for it. Yeah. So it was it was ridiculous. And then the play after Hunt, literally the play Huntley comes back into the game, they went right at his uh, head That should have been, 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 been a targeting review. on that one. I mean, it was absolutely unbelievable 
how undisciplined, how out of control that team was. And, I mean, these these fans that are defending it, I mean, it's it's plain garbage. The and the Pac-12 needs to do something about it because it was it was ridiculous. That's not physical football. I mean, you're gonna get that right. You're gonna get big hits, but you don't take it to that level. That's that's just. And then to listen to their players make excuses after the game. There and and it's always been like this. Isn't something new with ASU. They never give credit to the other team. It's always it's always their some some other circumstance that contributed it to their poor play. But you know what the best thing about it is? We are in their heads. We are squarely in their heads. And you can tell. They've beaten us two years in a row, and we are still in their heads. They came into that game doing those, doing that crap because they do not like Utah. Utah has come in, supplanted them as the, the contender in the South along with USC. They don't like it. They don't like that the new kid on the block has taken their attention and is a better team and a better program. Oh, I I agree. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if Dave Christensen's a little behind all of this. <laughs> no, Dave I mean, that whole coaching staff, who, I mean, there's a lot, boy of, himself. a lot of dirt going on there. Oh. Even outside of that football game, there's a lot of a lot of shady things going down but, down there. And that CEO and Herm Edwards, I guarantee you, is his door and doesn't want to know what goes on. He well, probably doesn't. Which, whether that's true or not, it's still on him. Well, and regardless, I mean, you look at the evidence. He apologizes to Kyle right after. There's audio of it. Reports that he lit his team up in the in the locker room at halftime for what they were doing. And then in post-game comments, he talks about how embarrassing it was. He's never witnessed a game where he's had a team act like that. So... There's no there's no defense. Your head coach is throwing your own team under the bus three different occasions. There's no defense for it. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you know what? There's a rivalry there. There's I mean it's 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 based purely out of hate on both sides at this point. But that game is is going to be circled by both teams moving forward. All right. You know what happens when Wit gets involved in hate? And rivals, rivalry <laughs> games. He doesn't lose them. All right, before we kind of start focusing in and really breaking down this game, tickets are really hard to come by at Rice Echo Stadium. They're consistently selling out. And really, the best way for you to get your seats is download the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. So go to your app store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. And you're automatically enrolled in their Vivid Seats Reward Program. Ryan, I know you're worried about buying things online in your old age. But every purchase that you make on your Vivid Seats app is 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Once you download the app, if you use the promo code OVERTIME at checkout, you're going to receive a discount up to $100 if you're a first-time user. So that's Vivid Seats app. Promo code overtime. So Utah's offense put up 21 points, but oh, turnovers. That was no one expected that. I'll tell you what for for a team that was playing with so much confidence, playing at such a good level. Heck, the last home game we had, we played in the rain, so it shouldn't be anything new to these guys. And we just cannot. I mean. The the Moss's Moss's fumble is kind of just a fluky thing. He's he's fighting for extra yards. He's literally an inch away from being down before that ball comes out, you know. But Simpkins, I'll tell you the the Hallanday trio. They all they all had their turnovers <laughs> on Saturday. The the Huntley fumble was weird. I watched the game over again. I watched that one like ten times. I I wonder if I he just didn't see the happened. guy because I mean he didn't really protect the ball. And it just got swatted out of there so easily. And then Zach Moss just treats it as like an incomplete pass. Like, oh, it's down. It's down. <laughs> and then the interception Huntley had, he was he was pissed after that. It was crazy. And I don't know if someone ran the wrong route or if he was mad at himself because he didn't see. Well, he was playing on one underneath. leg. Yeah, I mean, both his fumble and that pick came while he was injured. And, and he just, he did not have that explosiveness anymore. He couldn't. 
I mean, he's trying to step up in the pocket, but he doesn't have that speed that he normally has. And then, you know, it was it was clear on on his throw on a lot of those throws that uh, that that knee um, or leg was definitely hampering him a little bit. And so, I I don't know where he was going on that. It was almost like he couldn't decide which the the short guy or the guy in the flat or the deeper guy, and he just decided to throw it in the middle. I don't think you can completely rule out the weather didn't play a part of that because, I mean, all of us were there and there were times where it was pouring hard. And I think that uh, Simpkins fumble was a result of 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 the rain. But obviously you've Which got Which I'm pl- still not but, sure he had complete control of. Yeah, true. true. I mean, it, it's one of those close calls. And in that game, we literally, outside of getting penalties from, on the ASU side, we just couldn't get, we couldn't get a break. But, but going with Ryan's point with the weather, I also think sometimes turnovers can be contagious. Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen you know, that, and I mean, we see that with, with drops with the receivers. One will drop it, and then we'll see another one drop it. Um, and, and I kind of think the the turnovers really hurt the offense, and the fact that it just got them out of a rhythm. Yeah. They looked so good to start that game. They, you know, both drives they were moving the ball. They were going to punch it in for a touchdown or bare minimum get a, a field goal. Well, yeah, I mean, Zach, that that what was the second play of the game. The Zach Moss completed pass rumbling down the sidelines i mean you've got all the momentum just right off the bat and then all of a sudden it was literally just turned um you know and and you know both of those both of those uh fumbles came while we're going into score that just kills your momentum you you can talk about on the defensive side one clearly dropped pick six a potential one from Jalen on that first asu drive they could have been a pick six. And so, I mean, we, we left so many points on the field that really... Yeah, it's why won by 18. But but while we were struggling in that third quarter, those those missed opportunities were looming large. Oh, sure. And, I, until that fourth quarter All it takes came. is one, one missed tackle, and that's a different ball game before that final touchdown Utah scored. But offensively, kind of everything can be forgiven because we now have a new all-time leading rusher by the name of Zach Moss on the record books, baby. That was awesome. That that was The way awesome. it happened was cool. It was. And and what what Scott you said earlier, you know, when he got we got that targeting call and he was down, I I was I was thinking, oh, it's a concussion, he's not coming back. I just started feeling bad because he had family come out from Florida. I was like, oh he they, he has to do it this game. And then you know the he, he came back went. but Man, it took a while for not, him to get it. But not only, but did it, it was in, in grand style. But not only did his head not fall off on that, he cleared concussion protocol to come back into the game. Or they let him clear <laughs> concussion protocol. <laughs> uh, Kyle was asked that, uh, and you know, he just said, and that. he played that's dumb. A, that's a that's a doctor's. <laughs> that's a that's a medical staff. Uh, he issue. actually claimed ignorance. <laughs> But uh, I I was pretty surprised. But when Zach came back on and Tyler came back on, that was a pretty cool moment. The fans just kind of went crazy. I think we went crazy because we saw the quarterback play behind Tyler, and we were really <laughs> excited to have him back. I will say, though, it went, not only was it great for Moss and his family for it to happen that night while they were there, but the fans needed that because yes. that second half, there really wasn't anything to cheer about. You were just sitting there cold, wet, in the rain. And honestly, there wasn't really any energy until he broke that out and everyone knew what had just happened. And then it, it honestly made it worth it to be there in that second half to, to watch that and that and all the excitement that came with it. Yeah, no, it was a great moment. I mean, he came so close. He ends the game with 99 yards. He's one yard away from getting another 100-yard game and one touchdown away from setting the all-time uh, mark on touchdowns. So it, uh, which obviously, you know, we'll expect to see that come Cal. Um, just next week, but uh, pretty good effort after some early uh, early setbacks and, and some adversity. I'll tell you what, some teams don't go through that much adversity in a season. That was the weirdest, <laughs> longest game. I feel, I was I was just sitting in my seat and I was worn out. Well, the second <laughs> quarter felt like it took forever. I mean, we I don't know how many reviews we had, and then you had all those targeting penalties and the unsportsmanlike penalties. 
Well, yeah, luckily we went into halftime with a 14-point lead, but uh, the third quarter was so brutal. <laughs> so let's look at Tyler Huntley's plays. 12 of 19, 171 yards, uh, and the one pick, as we mentioned. But he has the injury. He, he leaves, and he comes back, and he tries to battle through it. And you could just tell it was it was getting worse as the game went on, especially after halftime when he ran out on the team or out on the field with the team. You could tell um, that something I don't know if a calf or a hamstring or knee, but something kind of tightened up. I guess as you know, stood in the locker room, stood on the sidelines, kind of got cold. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to loosen up in that weather, <laughs> that's for sure. But definitely hats off to him for, for battling as, as much as he did and trying to give it his all. Well, I mean, and that's what you want not only out of your quarterback, but your leader, right? Your senior leader is a guy who's literally going to have to be taken off the field by the medical staff. And he knew he wasn't 100% healthy. And to an extent, maybe, was he hurting the team? I don't know. I, I wouldn't go that far because we didn't get much from his backups. So he was literally giving everything he could because he knew how important that game was. Personally, he he lost his season last year to these guys. Yeah. And and how last game the, this game went last season, he wanted this game. Everybody wanted this wanted knew how big it was. So it was it was going to take quite a bit to get him to come out and you know, obviously he did eventually, but uh, the, the question the question I have is who truly is his backup? <laughs> I think it's Shelly. What? Yeah. What is going on with that? I'm. T- Lisk looked like he was. Looked like he was playing hey, a JV, but I'm, he. I mean, he, he was. His sli- strength is accuracy. Now, I mean, he was he was night and day better than Jaden Jaden Daniels. There's no question about that. <laughs> and and Witt said that on one miscue the receiver went the wrong way and the ball was in the right right spot so who and he did hit uh ennis um solomon in the hands on the other one it's true but he he dropped back in the pocket and he just was so gun shy i mean then you're just thinking man we're we're screwed one and and i don't blame him i mean this kid who he's a walk-on he's never gotten any significant reps in his career here at utah all of a sudden you're playing in a huge game in a pouring rain with your your season goals on the line. I I'm impressed he was conscious throughout the process. Well, yeah, but going back to what Cam said, Cam Cam thinks that Shelley's the backup. So so in a in a significant game like that, when really you can't afford to lose and I granted you're up 14 nothing at this point and your defense is playing lights out so maybe that plays something into this but this game is crucial and I don't think you just just because bring Drew Liskin if Shelley's really your backup this this is my theory are you ready this I'm, is, this I'm, is bu- my, I'm buckling up as my speak. conspiracy theory they knew Huntley was going to be coming back soon just to keep the same package that they're running, the same plays that they have coming in, they bring Lisk in because he runs the same sets, the same plays as Huntley. Okay, but when they hold on, all right, I'll let you finish. When they bring Shelley in, it's a whole different offense. And so my thinking is, when they know it's only going to be for a, a one or two plays in that series, then they'll bring Lisk in. But as you saw, as soon as it was Huntley was done for the game. They went immediately to Shelley, but but you saw you saw Kyle's reasoning for that, right? He says we wanted to run the ball. That's Shelley's strength. I, I mean, I'd ar- I'd almost argue Shelley is a lot more like Huntley than Lisk. Lisk can't run worth a lick. You're not you're not doing any of the. But they're run not game. really having design runs for Huntley like they do for Shelley. But but he's not going to keep a read option, and if he is, he's not going anywhere with it. Lisk? Lisk. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. But when you bring in Shelly, that's all they run. Well, and he didn't even it, run a while. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Shell. <laughs> it's just hard to believe because when Huntley went down last year, obviously Shelly was the guy. He played well enough to get us to the Pac-12 championship game. And with really within a touchdown of winning the Pac-12 championship. So it's hard to for me to sit here and think, yeah, some walk on walk on beat out 
Jason Shelley for the, the backup quarterback. Uh, unless guy. Shelley's not right. Unless there's something going on with him that's that's causing him to not perform in practice. You know, I obviously I, I'm I, I don't know anything. I'm not I don't even want to necessarily speculate, but there could be something that's just not that's causing him not to play up to his abilities because you're right. He's proven. I mean, you can say all, all you want. This guy's doing better in practice, but games aren't practice. You want a guy that has taken live bullets, that n- can perform, that's proven you can perform when you're in a stretch run. Real bullets. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> you're in big trouble, mister. <laughs> um, but that that's where I have the problem a little bit. Now, at the end of the day, granted, right, if Ludwig... Ludwig knows what he's doing. If he truly feels Lisk is giving you the the best opportunity to win, who are we to question Andy Ludwig? Yeah, and that's a, a great point. They're not going to put someone in there knowing that oh, this is our third best option or our fourth best option. Let's just go with right. it. Right, but but it doesn't just because Ludwig has confidence. It doesn't give me confidence <laughs> because we have Cal coming in who. They don't score points, but they have a really, really good defense. And Very if stout. if you have a quarterback who a uh, young, inexperienced, who maybe throws a pick six, makes some mistakes that allows that Cal defense to score, then what? I know one thing. I'm just Drew Lisk was glad that he, I'm sure he was glad they didn't wear white pants the other night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you what, but but I will say so. Literally, I can hour before we were, we're taping this, it has come out. Tyler is pretty adamant that he will be playing Saturday against Cal. So if that's the case, we can hopefully, assuming things go well Saturday, put uh, put this backup competition to uh, to bed a little bit and not have to worry about it. Well, he's got four extra hours to heal, so he's got an 8 o'clock kickoff. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Scott. <laughs> All right, you fans, before we jump in and talk a little bit about that fantastic defense we saw on Saturday, I want to remind you that this episode of the Utah Man podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sport news network. It's live 24-7 and costs you absolutely nothing. That's right. It's sports coverage that's always on and always free. Absolutely nothing? Absolutely free. Thank you, Scott. CBS Sports HQ is coverage always focused on the game. Tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens, and great advice when it comes to fantasy sports. When we do our prep work for each episode of this podcast, we hit up CBS Sports HQ to catch up on all of our stats. And don't forget, you can get access to all this great coverage completely free. I don't mean free for a week or a month. It's completely free all the time. Say what? That's right, Scott. Completely free all the time. Just sports for real sports fans at the great price of completely free. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. So was this the best defensive performance you guys have ever seen from a Utah team? Oh, I think by far. I mean, that was phenomenal. I mean, to really hold them outside of that one field goal, hold them scoreless. And and a couple of times on short fields, I mean, the couple of turnovers we gave them were deep in our own territory, and they only came away with three points, and it just lights out. Well, and the thing that's so impressive about it, this wasn't against a Dixie State or, a, you know, even a Weber State or a BYU. I mean, this was against a top 25 ranked team. And absolutely, I'm. There's no other way to describe it. They they embarrassed ASU, absolutely embarrassed them. The one thing I took away from this game is when the offense was struggling, the defense didn't skip a beat. And, I, and a lot of times, in a couple of years ago, when when Utah's offense wasn't as good, there's a lot of times we had to rely on that defense, and they got put in bad situations by the offense with turnovers or just constantly having to be out on the field. The defense didn't miss a beat the entire game. No. And and to your point, on short fields, they didn't budge. They gave up that one field goal, but that was not on the defense. They got the ball there. On that drive, ASU actually went backwards when they kicked that field goal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was it was an absolutely 
dominant performance. Morgan Scally is he's building a name for I mean, himself I right mean, now. Four pass completions. Four from from Superman himself. <laughs> Four of 18 for 25 yards. He I mean, threw he, more passes into the stands than he completed to his own team. He ended up with a QBR of 4.6. I didn't even know it was possible to be that low. But, I mean, outside of just shutting down the, the, the passing game, they only allowed 136 yards total for a good offensive team. Now, they did give up 111 on the ground, but 136 total for a game? Against a top 25 team? That's ridiculous. They held him two for 13 on third down. As Kyle likes to say, that's the winning down. Third down's the only down. And two of 13, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's what two dropped pick sixes. I mean, this could have been an absolute shellacking, 40-some-odd nothing, had we taken advantage of a few more opportunities on both offensive and defensive side of the ball. But, I mean... Across the board, I mean, it, it's hard to pick out one guy when the defense was just lights out. But, I mean, Bradley and I, three sacks, batted ball, named he, defensive player of the week, defensive lineman of the week. He alone had Daniels running for his life. I mean, that left tackle could not contain Anai. He And then he logged on to Twitter and, and made sure uh, 77 knew it. <laughs> I didn't see that tweet. But I'll tell you, Anai, right now he's seventh all-time uh, with three sacks. That puts him one behind. He's got 24 on in his career. That puts him one behind Nate Orchard and five behind um, Hunter Dimmick from breaking uh, breaking the all-time record. He, he could get it this weekend with the woes that we with, just... <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, he should be able to get that by the end of the season. But he may be able to get it before the end of the season and make it very tough to beat here in the future. If there's one negative thing uh, to say about the the defense's performance, this is the drop balls that could be interceptions. And we mentioned them, the potential some some pick sixes. It didn't matter in this game, but you know maybe against a Washington or maybe in Oregon later on the season, you really can't need those turnovers. Yeah, those points are coming. Definitely could have come in handy later in the game. Obviously not needed in this past game, but yeah, I mean, I I agree. There was especially the Devin Lloyd pick. I mean, he sh- he really should have had that and just walked into the end zone. And we're talking about obviously Jalen Johnson had a potential one too, but man, outside of that pick six, he should have had. He the last couple of games has played some fantastic. He just shuts down who's ever, whoever he's guarding. Ayuk, he's their number one right wide receiver, averaging over a hundred, I think, over a hundred receiving yards per game. And he's been lights out coming into Had this game. One reception for what seven or eight yards was all. I mean, he was he was he was ridiculous. I mean, he he's playing at such a high level. He and I are making themselves some dollars right now. How how well they're playing and they're just leading this defense. And, I mean, Kyle said a post-game, there's nothing more valuable for a defense than to have an elite pass rusher and a lockdown corner, and you've got them. And 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 and, and beyond that, I'll tell you what, Terrell Burgess, he's playing. I am so impressed with Burgess. He seems to just be making play after play. He's in the right position. We have not missed a beat with him at, this, at the other safety spot. You know, and Blackman, Blackman's playing well, had that nice sack uh, um, on uh, on Jaden Daniels as well. But I'll tell you what, I mean, just, just how that front seven made Jaden Daniels look was laughable. I mean, he, he was not willing to stay in that pocket. Mm-hmm. He had happy feet. He was bail- He was literally, if the first guy was not open, he wasn't even going through his progressions. No, oh, he was running. He was running, and then he was just launching the ball up and out of out of the field to play. I mean, w- watching watching him play quarterback in that game, all you could do was. <laughs> I bet that was Bradley and I. No, actually, Bradley and I. This, this was this. We actually got some leaked footage from uh, from uh, 
when that when the the head official left his mic on like he did when he was telling <laughs> when he was telling, he was telling hey the- sir get off the field <laughs> sir you do realize he's a coach right but uh, there was another time where he left it on and and you could you could hear an eye talking to uh, Jaden <laughs> man you are one pathetic loser <laughs> Uh, you know what the best part of all this is? Is all the pregame tweets from ASU fans that said Jaden Daniels was the better quarterback coming into this matchup. Well, just not only the quarterback, but the running back and Eno. And granted, Eno's a stud. Mm-hmm. I mean, he single-handedly was their only production offensively. And that was and, all on his own. Yeah, he it was finished, all, yeah. He finished with 104 yards. No, he, he, he played well. And... Uh, um, but it's just the the ego that those players in that fan base has when they've literally accomplished nothing. That's what that's what that's what gets a little comical. But um, you know, it is what it is. And at this point, I mean, Utah huge win for the Utes because it puts them not completely in the driver's seat because obviously uh, a or uh, USC has the tiebreak over us. But uh, USC still has to play Oregon. They still got to play ASU. ASU. And uh, so there are some potential losses, and they've actually taken on themselves a ton of injuries. They've lost some key guys. So let's, uh, fingers crossed, for a, for a slip-up for a slip up or two for USC. And, and we we'll still have to win good. out, though. Yeah, but I'll tell you with. Obviously, again, we talked about this last week. You never really know, and obviously, with the health of Tyler Huntley, maybe in question, um, that Washington game looms large. Because if you can get past Washington, we're in really, really good shape to win out against Arizona, UCLA, and Colorado. It, it's tough in those rainy games to really have kind of that pandemonium, Right, everybody's just sitting on their hands, trying to stay dry, and you don't, you don't get uh, that same environment. But man, at times the place was roaring and angry, and uh, it was it was still a pretty fun environment, even though um, there were some pretty long stretches of boring play on the field. But uh, you know, I'm I'm excited for this next game where uh, we're actually going to hopefully have decent weather to to watch a game at. It will be nice to watch a game in Rice Eccles and not have the blistering sun on us or freezing rain. As Utah welcomes in the Cal Golden Bears, any concerns going in the game? I don't. No, I, I'm I'm just trying to. My only concern is what am I going to wear? Like, uh, I don't want to overdress. You need to wear black. I believe they call that sir dark mode now. Personally, I'm not concerned. I think Utah comes out and, and wins this fairly easily. However, if we're going to, just for talking's sake, for a, a possible reason for concern would be uh, an emotional letdown after this last ASU game. Obviously, there was, there was physical. The guys got banged up. It was an important game against a quote-unquote rival. Um. And then you're you're you know you've got a a really beat up depleted Cal team uh, that just lost to OSU coming in here. So you know you could you could look at that it, the team could look at that as a, a you know we spanked OSU and then OSU spanked Cal. So we just need to show up and play, and it's going to be an easy win. I, this team doesn't really have I don't think has that mentality. At least in the last few games, we haven't seen that. So. Not overly concerned, but there is a possibility. Well, it's like what we started at the beginning of the of the podcast talking about the offense, and you know, weird things can happen if there's a turnover, there's you know a missed assignment on on a punt return, on a kick return, and Cal can get some points without their offense. I think that's a way that Cal can maybe hang around is if their defense scores for them or their special teams. So I and especially in the Pac-12, I don't think we can just say you can just show up, right? Mm-hmm. Jordan Wynn said that on this podcast a couple weeks ago that you just can't show up in the Pac-12. But all that being said, Utah's rolling right now. They obviously some mistakes on offense, but they're but they're rolling in the right direction. And Cal's really since losing their starting quarterback, they've just been getting worse. It seems like. Yeah, I I mean obviously they've the. 
they've got a great defense, and that's going to pose a threat, especially if you don't have a, a healthy Huntley, or or you've got one of our two backups playing. You know that that could make for a tighter game than we would expect if if you just can't get some points. Um, but the way that they're struggling offensively against our defense, I, I don't see them putting up maybe more than a couple field goals unless they get some fluky touchdown or something like that. So I, as long as I, I think 20 points wins this game easily. And um, by all accounts, Huntley's going to be out there. Um, as long as he's healthy enough to play his game, yeah, I I think I think Utes win big, and uh, and then we're 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 looking at uh, um, the week the week after, which is really going to be a make or break on the season. But I mean, I mean, this Cal team they've got some talent, right? So they great defense. Evan Weaver is an amazing linebacker. He's going to be fun to watch in this game. Good dude is everywhere and literally makes like more than half the tackles on that team. But. Uh, but it will be interesting. It it really will be watching a little bit of Utah from a year from years ago. Bad offensive play, amazing defense. No, but how many how many we're talking about that just a few years ago? How how many games did Utah win relying on defense when we knew we didn't have an offense? Now well, I think we had some offensive potent. We had some well, offensive we, playmakers more than we Cal always has ran right now. the ball well, right? It was when we say we had bad offense. Yeah, we 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 didn't have a good passing attack, which really hindered the offense. But we could always run the ball. We could eat up clock, and that played into what we could do defensively. And then what we could do with special teams during that stretch, we had amazing special teams play. You know that we're not getting at the moment with with a, a new kicker, a new punter, and and uh, there's definitely some struggles there right now. But uh, I mean, overall, I mean, for what you've seen out of Monster at, at the quarterback position with Cal has not been pretty. So I think the the only thing that could maybe make this a little bit closer is with more than likely Monster not playing this game and, and them coming with a new quarterback, a freshman. No one really knows what to expect out of him. No, I mean, you you don't, but I'll tell you what. If you're a, if you're a young quarterback, do you want to go up against a Scali defense? I mean, you 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 had you had one of the most heralded quarterback recruits in the country last year, who up until facing Utah was really playing at a high level, was doing some good things and putting up some numbers. I mean, I don't care if you're John Elway back there, going up against this Utah defense is not going to be easy. And if you're if you're a young guy with no experience, good. Luck. Yeah, if you're a true freshman sitting in the film room this week watching what happened last week to Jaden Daniels, that's it's gonna be a little intimidating. I think it just all goes back though that you can't Utah just can't show up. No. Well you never can, right? You because you see it every week in college football. Who on earth had Illinois beating Wisconsin when Wisconsin had blanked literally everybody they played up until that point? So it's the game is wacky, and from week to week, teams teams tend to play at different levels. Big games, they play they play better. Teams are supposed to win. They kind of come with that mentality, and sometimes they get beat. So it, it's that's that's where having the senior laden team that Utah has should avoid one of those one of those scenarios where Utah maybe has a closer game than they should against this team. And luckily Utah hasn't hasn't done that at all this year, right? Whether it was a Northern Illinois or an Idaho State, they didn't play down to that competition. That that leadership really held that team accountable to, to be ready, to be prepared, uh, and and really just take care of their business. And I, I'm not on here saying that I'm concerned about that at all. I my only point is you still need to come to play and knowing how Winningham handles his business Knowing what the senior leadership team is doing right now, I'm not worried about that one bit. So we're talking about obviously we got some good weather finally for uh, for a, a Utah football home game, but great time of the year. Obviously, NBA basketball is kicking off, NFL's going, baseball World Series is taking place. So October is a great month. All major sports are going on at the same time. For the month of October, we've teamed up with uh, my bookie. Great offer going on right now. Any bet you want to place across the board, you can do it at the game. They've got uh, they got mobile betting, live sports. You can do it straight from your phone. Go 
Go to mybookie.ag today. If you're if you're a first time user, they're gonna double your deposit. And use the promo code overtime and they will match your first deposit. You play, you win, you get paid. It's as easy as that. Mybookie.ag. Let's go. Joining us now on the phone from CalRivals.com, Trace Travers. Trace, how you doing, buddy? I have never been better and I've never been worse. So somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Maybe that's kind of how Cal football's going right now. Uh, the first question I've got to go for you is, you know, I was really high on Cal to start the season. They, you know, played really well, especially, you know, getting a, a big win against Ole Miss. But they've lost three straight, and obviously with Garbers going out, I mean, that's big, having your starting quarterback go out. But is there more going on with this team than just losing their starting quarterback, or is that just kind of where everything is right now? Uh, there's more to it than that, obviously. Chase going out affected things, but they've also, they're down from the preseason. They are missed. They're missing currently three guys who would have been starters on the offensive line, and there's a fourth guy who, in Valentino Daltoso, who maybe isn't 100% yet. There's those issues. Just teams are starting to catch on to some of the the run game stuff that worked earlier in the season, and they haven't been able to play counter to that. And the offense with Devon Monster and then potentially Spencer Brash this weekend, which we'll we'll get to. It 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 just hasn't looked pretty. There have been multiple mistakes on multiple parts, and it's reminiscent of a year ago for many people who follow the program. With the hire of uh, of Justin Wilcox, obviously he's kind of formed this program around defense first. Evan Weaver, who is mm-hmm. you know your unquestion unquestioned leader on that defensive side. Just looking at these stats, I mean, he's got nearly 40 tackles more than the next guy, next closest guy on the team, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he he is he's having one heck of a year. Talk to us just a little bit about this defense outside of Evan, who obviously is is playing at such a high level. What uh, what's the strength of this defense? Well, for one, they call that the rest of the defense calls that the Weaver tax because he takes all the tackles. But, uh, Does he just like box guys really, out? <laughs> uh, pretty much. Like, I man, I don't know how you'd put it, but it it seems like it sometimes. But the biggest thing, aside from Evan on defense, is the defensive backfield. Something that Utah fans are very familiar with with their defensive backs having the kind of success that they've had over the past few years. Uh, you've got Cam Bynum, Elijah Hicks, Ashton Davis, and Jalen Hawkins, who have started, I want to say, somewhere in the range of 30 straight games as a group. It, it may be closer to 24-25, but still, that's a lot of continuity with one group of defensive backs. And with that experience, it opens things up for if you trust your guys on the outside one-on-one, then it opens things up for guys like Weaver and Coindang and uh, Cam Good in the linebacker core right there, along with Luke Beckett and Deontay Johnson and Brett Johnson. Because they have two Johnsons now, which is always fun. Um, yeah, so it's a lot in the defensive backfield. They don't allow big plays over the top for the most part. There have been a couple this year, but that, that's the big thing. that Cal's defense is predicated on, Utah's defense is predicated on, no big plays over the top, no explosives and keep everything underneath and keep keep it in the front seven who will make all the plays. You know, Trace, you kind of alluded to it in the beginning of the interview here uh, with as far as the offensive side of the ball with the potential of Modster not being able to go this week. Uh, what can we expect mm-hmm. if the true freshman gets gets the nod? To be perfectly frank, I don't know. It's... Uh, we, I just got back from Cal's practice actually at, at the time that we're taping this. So it, we just got the news that, Hey, monster, he's on the injury report. He may not play on Saturday. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what's ailing him since they only say upper body or lower body. And that's what the out for the season guys. So, but if you get brash in there, he's, he was a, very talented quarterback out of the state of Arizona in the last class 
mobile, has a quick release, good arm. It's just playing it in Salt Lake City is a tough environment as is, but doing it as a true freshman when the offensive line you'll likely be behind has been kind of beaten up with injuries. It's it's going to be tough for him. So you kind of going to be tough for him coming into Salt Lake, and I mean obviously. You know, Jaden Daniels just experienced that with his first start uh, against the Utes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that Cal will rely more on on a rushing attack with the true freshman getting his first start? And and if they are, how is that rushing game kind of been for Cal? Kind of seems that from outsiders' view, it kind of seems like it's kind of been up and down. Yeah, it's been up and down. Like last week, I think it was they had twenty two carries for fifty yards against an Oregon State defense that. You guys got to see the week before, and Zach Moss tore him up. So that's not exactly speaking well to Cal's running attack. They got most of their rushing yards through Devon Monster scrambling. So it's a bit of a – this is the problem when you've had the kind of offensive line injuries that Cal's had. Just one starter went down before the season, one starter went down after the week after the first game, two more went down at – out the at Oregon, which and then from there it's just been flooding for them and I'm not expecting anything pretty on Saturday to be honest <laughs> with you, but it is it's packed twelve after dark. Strange things happen. I still think the last time Cal and Utah played each other was one of the strangest games I've ever seen. So We'll see. Yeah, we'll that see. was uh, that was when college game day was in town, and uh, and mm-hmm. Jared Goff, Jared Goff threw like thirty five picks or something. I was like thinking that. the the I was thinking the home game in twenty sixteen. Oh, that where, oh, the, that know, one ran the, all like the forty goal, plays. The goal line stop. But that the twenty fifteen yes. one was weird with Zach Moss there, uh, if I'm remembering yes, correctly. Yeah, it, it was. He it was that, the, that was his freshman. Was his he freshman wasn't quite year. the player he'd become, but he turned out to be a fantastic player so yes great to see what's the perception right now just amongst fans uh, uh, amongst all cow supporters on really where the program's at and how uh, justin wilcox what he's building right there obviously you know he's made a ton of progress and and got cow Mm -hmm. going in in the right direction obviously early on in the season it looked like cow was going to be a team that uh, would be there at the end obviously losing garbers kind of derailed that a little bit but Overall, where Mm -hmm. does the program stand um, on this rebuild? I think they're in a better position than they were when he got there. I think there's there's still multiple levels to go up, as we've seen. And admittedly, injuries have derailed the season to a certain extent. But I, I think on the offensive side, that's one of the biggest question marks still because Cal hasn't really produced much on offense. I mean, I don't know how much you guys watched of the Cheez-It Bowl last year, but that was that's kind of how I'm feeling about the offense right now. It's not it's looked like that a bit last week without quite as many interceptions. But you know, you get my drift. No one the ball hasn't been moving. But In general, Justin Wilcox has put them in a position to win games that they weren't winning under Sonny Dykes, and that's a pretty big compliment, I think. Trace, you're talking to a couple Utah fans where we have seen, you know, just a couple years ago where Utah's offense was not very good, couldn't move the ball at all. We had to rely everything on the defense. We definitely know, you know, what Cal fans are going through Mm -hmm. and, and what they're seeing. But with that defensive side of the ball with Cal, obviously, you know, they're going to have to make some plays um, to, to, to mm-hmm. keep up with Utah. Outside of, of their linebackers' core, is there some defensive players that you think Utah fans should kind of keep an eye out for in the game? Yeah, you you want to look at Ashton Davis, who's uh, their safety number 27. I think he's the self-prospect that Cal has on their roster right now. He's You'll see he talks about how, oh, he's the coaches say he's not a track guy, but he was a four-time All-American and I think the 110-meter hurdles at Cal. And he's got the speed. He hits like a truck when given the opportunity. With him and Cam Bynum back there, who's another fantastic cornerback. And again, they don't they don't allow a lot of big things. 
over the top. And also worth looking out for is Cam Good on the outside. This year, I think he's either second or third in the conference in sacks. So, Trey, I, I hate to do this to you, but with, with the game coming up, do you have a prediction yet on where you think this game's going to go? Uh, is bet the under too easy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the spread's something like 18 or 19 right now. I, I will, since this Cal team is semi-unpredictable and somehow better on the road than they are at home, I think they cover Maybe not by much, but I'd say cover, bet the under, take Utah, something like 24 to 10. And again, you know, this is, you're talking to, to some guys that have been watching Utah for a long time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly think Cal is where Utah was, a, you know, just a few years ago where they're building up this defense mm-hmm. that's been dominating. Um, and the offense just, just takes take some time. And with injuries, you know, that doesn't really help. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully it, it's, you know, it's a great game. Um, again, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to jump with us. Uh, so people can read your stuff um, at calrivals.com. Uh, where can people, where can Utah fans follow you on Twitter um, as they get ready for this game? It's either you can follow the Cal Rivals account, which is at Cal Rivals, and which has more of the stuff. My personal Twitter account is at Trace Travers Three, but that just has bad wrestling takes and other things of that nature. <laughs> Love it. Trace, hey, thanks so much for jumping on, buddy. Of course. Thank you for having me. So big thanks to Trace for, for jumping on. And, and honestly, it, if they start the the true freshman, which it sounds like they are, what, what Trace told us, that, oh, it, it's going to be rough. Going against Utah's defense, they're just, they're going to be licking their chops when they see a young quarterback, no experience at a D1 level. To your point, Scott, Bradley and I could have a, a field day. I mean, giving up nine sacks to Oregon State, Utah better match that. Hey, we could have two record-breaking performances in back-to-back weeks, baby. Come on, Anai. Give us a show, buddy. As we get to, towards the end of this episode, break down a little Pac-12. In our pick games last week, you guys, oh, you guys killed me. Four, you guys went 4-0. I went... I went Three four and zero. Oh. Freaking Arizona! I am off the schnoz. Arizona did me wrong. Lost to USC, but it was it was kind of a wacky weekend, and it all started with UCLA going to the farm, beating the trees, thirty four to sixteen. I did not see that coming. I didn't either. I went. <laughs> I was surprised when I when I heard that score. Well, I mean. <sighs> UCLA can put up points, right? They can't stop or they can't really stop you. Apparently Stanford can't score. <laughs> but Stanford to come out, you know, it wasn't that long ago they just hammered Washington, which granted Washington has not been uh, their typical selves this year. But yeah, that was that was a strange uh, start to the to the Pac-12 week for sure. And then Oregon escapes with the win over Washington, thirty-five to thirty-one. Man, I thought Washington had it. I know we were following the score uh, as as the Utes were getting ready to kick off, and I thought Washington went up by ten going to the fourth. I thought that game was over. I'll tell you, UW fans are not happy. They are not happy that they're they're talking like they want to run Chris Peterson out of there, which just blows my mind. It's yeah. crazy how you know people want to. Fans are fickle. How crazy we are as a fan base. UW just wants to run Chris Peterson out of there, so it gives it gives me solace knowing that we're not the only crazies. And that moves Oregon four and zero in Pac twelve play. Pretty much, I mean, they it, they have the North. It's yeah, they'll be they'll be uh, they will be our opponent in the title game. And then, as we said earlier, Oregon State beats Cal 21-17. Cal had a chance to, to win that game. Oregon State came back in the fourth quarter to win. But Cal drops three games in a row in, in Pac-12 play. They give up nine sacks to Oregon State. Who, nine times. Which is crazy because we all know Oregon State wasn't that great of a defensive team when we previewed them uh, before Utah played them, while Utah played them. To get nine sacks, ouch. So Monster did leave the game uh, in the fourth quarter. 
But Oregon State kind of getting back on track uh, there. And then Colorado, oh, they just. They're getting worse. They're getting worse. Montez got benched in that game. It was 41 to 10 to Washington State. So Washington State finally bounces back after losing three games in a row. But Colorado, I, I thought they honestly could be kind of that mid team. There in, in the South. Well, they look like it early they on. They beat Nebraska. They beat the ASU, and now they're just awful. Yeah, and they're they're going the wrong direction. But hey, that's good for us. They're on our schedule still. And then USC just destroys Arizona, forty-one to fourteen. Khalil Tate didn't finish that game. There's actually talk about maybe he'll get benched again this coming week. So that's things just... aren't looking good for the Wildcats. But USC got some injuries that could. Help the youths. And it wasn't all that long ago Khalil Tate was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as the next Heisman. All right, before we get into the this week's games that we're picking, uh, on the standings right now, I'm ahead by one game over you guys. I'm 16 and 11, and you guys are 15 and 12. Wait, 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 do you hear that? That's the sound I'm coming for you. <laughs> so the first game we're looking at, USC's traveling to Colorado. USC right now is a 12.5 point favorite. Ryan, it's your week to go first. Who are you picking? Well, I'm definitely pulling for the buffs, but uh, I don't see USC dropping this game. Uh, so I think USC wins that one on the road. I think this game is going to be pretty interesting. It's a Friday night game, so it's a shorter week. USC has a lot of injuries. I think they struggle in Boulder. But I just think Colorado's just trending down right now. I, I don't know what to make of this Buffs team. So because of that, i got to go with the Trojans. But I hope that's a game I get wrong. Scott, what do you got? Yeah, I'm just going to mirror that. Uh, cheering for Colorado. Let's get, uh, we got to get USC a, a loss somewhere along the line here. So yeah, I, I would be more hopeful if Colorado had shown anything over these last couple of weeks. But they've, been, they've just been awful. And especially considering how well they were playing early on in the season, it's a bit surprising. But I, regardless of the injuries, regardless of the short week, the travel, I think USC wins. Next game we're looking at, number 24, Arizona State's traveling to UCLA. Right now, ASU is a four-point favorite, right? Sun Devils. Sun Devils, Sun Devils coming off the... Uh... The blowout by Utah traveling to UCLA. UCLA has con- obviously shown they can score some points recently. I I think UCLA gets this one done at home. Ryan, I'm going to completely disagree with you. I think <laughs> <laughs> Not so fast, my friend. I really don't like UCLA right now. I've called them garbage all season long, so I can't. Because of that, I can't pick them, so I got ASU. UCLA, all I can say is hide your kids, protect the babies, Wear your cups, put some neck braces on, put that tape a little tight around uh, all your extremities. ASU is coming to town. Let's go eight clap. I'm going with UCLA. I think I think we broke ASU. Braden Daniels may be throwing left-handed. Braden? Jaden. Well, <laughs> the way he plays, we're, I'm calling him Braden for now on. And then the last game we're looking at... Washington State is traveling to Eugene to face the 11th-ranked Oregon Ducks. Right now, Oregon's only a 14-point favorite. Ryan, who do you got? Ooh, this one could be interesting. Uh, Obviously, Washington State had a big bounce back after losing three straight. I think if Washington State can score some points... Oh, man, this is tough. But I think I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with the Cougars in this one. Wow. The Ducks are rolling right now. Quack, quack, they get this. Scott, who do you got? Yeah, I, uh, Washington State, I mean, they've got the ability to put up points, but they, they give up even more so. So I, I'm going to go I, I'm gonna go with Oregon on that. And then, as always, the last game that we're picking, the number ranked 12 Utah Utes are hosting Cal. Right now, Utah's an 18-point favorite coming in this one. Ryan, who do you got? What's your score? Uh, I think Utah easily covers that 18 points, and they win big. I'm going Utes 31, Cal Bears 6. Shellacking. I told you Ryan likes to peek at our notes, Scott. I have Utah winning. I have Utah 30, 
Cal 6. Ooh. Man, a beat down like that, there's going to be lots of trees hugged. <laughs> oh, you guys are going a little conservative. I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go 106 to... <laughs> To what? nothing. What? Oh, six to nothing. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think we put it on them. I'm going to go 42 to three. Wow. Bombs away, baby. 42 to three. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? You man underscore forever. You can follow me and this podcast. On Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. You can always subscribe, give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can always go to our home at utahmanpodcast.com. And hopefully, Utah gets another win in conference play against the Golden Bears. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be telling We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. Uh, Mobster did leave the game. Mobster? Mod, Modster? Modster. Mobster did leave the Mobster game. Mobster did leave the game. With his godfather. <laughs> He's been, he, was, he was buried underneath the end zone. Hey, with guys. cement shoes. <laughs> <laughs> He's swimming with the fishes. His monster. <laughs> monster had to leave the field because he did not pay.